Welcome to the Venture Capital Podcast with John and Peter and our special guest today, Bubba Page. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for being with us. Welcome, welcome. So you've been you've had a major life change. Uh, a handful. A handful. <laughs> yeah, it depends on what you mean. Well, I think one specifically related to that, uh, why the VC podcast, I think, is interesting for you and for the audience. Yeah, absolutely. So, What in, other life changes are there before we get into that? I mean, though? geez, I got eight kids, man. So having twins was a pretty big life changer. Okay. I don't know about you guys, but uh, that's a big change. I don't know how you have eight kids. It's impressive. <laughs> four well boys, four girls, wow. all within 10 years. My wife is an absolute champ. It's crazy. What's the age range? Um, almost 14 down to almost four. Oof. Wow. Four boys. It's just, it's it's interesting to see almost that Almost every split. year. Yeah, it's good. It's cool. The twins helped with that. Yeah. So that's a life change, even though they are a few years old, but still. It's a great life change. What other <laughs> life changes are there before we get into the, the VC-related life change? Well, you got it. So, um, oh, oh, geez, I think you mean influence.vc. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm just making sure. So Influence Ventures, I started just under a year ago, and it's a venture capital syndicate. Yep. So I'm basically just personally writing checks into deals that I want to be a part of, and then I'm inviting my network of investors as a syndicate. And then we just can come together as a much larger check into those deals um, as just one entity on their cap table. Uh, I guess the... The hope is that I can bring one unique value proposition is bringing the expertise of working with social media influencers, uh, either as investors in that same deal or as promoters, affiliates or sponsor type content. There's just not as many venture firms that work with influencers. And I've been around that a lot. So outside of Space Station, I mean, Space Station is the only other one I'm aware of. There's some out of the state. Uh, there's a bunch out of the in state, LA and yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. There's some out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it feels like it will become, I think more of a thing, or at least venture firms will bring on operating partners that have that expertise because I think we've all seen how influence can dramatically impact a business for good mm-hmm. and for bad. I mean, mm-hmm. there's both. Yeah. One of the things we, I mean, I've noticed in the last 10 years is with a VC, and so many VCs, they could used to just bring cash. Now it's, hey, this is an additional value add we have. Yeah. I think in in Peter's case, he's got a bunch of students. They're extremely valuable. I think his value adds more towards other VCs because they can provide a lot more due diligence than a tr- traditional VC might have. I mean, sometimes, but we also do a lot of projects for entrepreneurs. Okay. Right. We pitch it as like your lead VC will help you with the top 50 things. Yeah. We'll help you with the bottom 50 things mm-hmm. that nobody else would ever touch where I can <laughs> throw like eight to 10 smart people. And just crank on something I for you for that. free, right? Like every entrepreneur loves this. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh yeah, man. Like I got like please. 10 right now, please. Yes. Right. <laughs> so that's best. No, I, th- I think it's great. You have to have some, I think the future of VC, you have to be unique and creative. Oh, it's not just a check. Either you're one of the biggest brands and then maybe you don't have to have anything unique except for you're the biggest, baddest brand of VC. Or you come to the table with something that somebody wants. And, and my very first deal I get a phone call from Pelion, from Kickstart and um, Convoy to join in a round that was already oversubscribed. Nice. And they're like, Bubba, look, it's already oversubscribed. We'll carve out a tiny little piece for you to come in because we want and need your expertise from the social perspective. My hope is that that value add gets me into deals that I wouldn't have otherwise What was this deal? Into. They haven't gone public with it yet. Can I say it? I don't know what you're They haven't announced more. the funding round when yet. When does the funding round get announced? 
I should I should follow up on that. Okay. <laughs> we believe what? in like like maintaining secrets, so I don't want to like push what, you too what, hard. I want to promote it, guys. I'm on the box. I want to promote it. So um, what do they do? Like like in broad terms, and like the va- what what's the value that you're bringing? So uh, one of the co-founders of Divi, mm-hmm. uh, friend of mine, uh, we talked a few years ago about this concept. Yep. Of Divi for families. Ah, okay. And if anybody's listening, you're familiar with Divi. Yep. So some product people from Divi left to create this Divi for Families product. So the moment that Alex called me up and was like, hey, it's actually happening. I was like, dude, I'm in. I was already sold on this this idea four years ago when we talked about it back then. Yep. And Divi ended up staying focused on B2B, which is great. And so now these guys are creating Divi for Families. So uh, is the name of it. I'm stoked. I think it's going to be awesome. Um, their pre-product still in the process of building. Do we have to blip that out? I, maybe. I, maybe I need to follow up and just double check. We'll blip it out if if I'll follow up to, with you. If we remember. Because but I want to promote them because <laughs> heck, I'm an you know, I'm an investor, love the idea. I think it's a great idea. And with eight kids, like I know the pain. I want to teach my kids financial literacy. Yeah, I want them to yeah. le- use credit cards. But you want to track it and control it too. <laughs> Absolutely. I want all the functionality of what a Divi did yeah, for yeah, business yeah, yeah. for my family. And there's there's a few other players out there that we've used personally and they're horrible yeah the user experience at least has been miserable and i think these guys will crush it you're also an investor in gab right yeah yeah so i mean and that was as an angel okay. and so um crew financials like influence.vc's first deal and gab i came in this is actually a unique story i gotta share it okay, okay. yeah please okay so gab came in a friend you know go to landon it came in and said hey we're raising the seed round. He wants you to be involved, especially if you can help to promote this product. So they talk about safe tech for kids. I'm like, I'm all about that. I don't want my kids, you know, on social media feeds or YouTube or browsing the web without some safety pro- protocols. Yep, some guardrails. Some guardrails, and um, at least up to a certain age. Sure. And so they were building a trainer phone for kids. I was like, absolutely, I'm in. So I wrote a, a 25K angel check into the the seed round. But then I said, look, as we promote it, um, what if, since um, at the moment, we don't need that commission mm-hmm. as an affiliate, we don't need that commission, could you convert it into equity? Mm-hmm. And they were like, what? Like, you can do that? And I'm like, I think so. Mm-hmm. I've never done it, but I think we should. And so we created a structure to where they capped it at only 50K. So so we could only earn up to 50. And then after 50, they'd pay a normal cash. So that was like two days from what your guys' influence. <laughs> I've heard uh, the the weight, your, the, your guys' like media assets. The inf- the, uh, my wife, Jordan Page on Instagram, if you're watching. I was going to say, you, you got to give us the backstory here. Oh, I'll, I'll give you more of that for sure. And But through her influence, I helped a tiny bit, a tenth of what she did, because that's about my size of following. Um, we cleared that in, I think, three to four months. Hmm. And then beyond that, we just continued to receive commissions from the affiliate. Anyway, we totally believe in the product. We love the mission. Yep. And all of our kids use it. And now the company is valued. Uh, I Again, that's... I, I don't you've think seen I a, you've seen it. it. You've seen a healthy yeah. write-up and valuation of your investment. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. And I hope I can educate more influencers to know yeah. That they can also potentially exchange value for equity as well. Yeah. <clears throat> Especially if it's a pay for performance mm-hmm. structure like we did with commission. Yeah. I think that's a win, win, win for everybody. Gab got to keep their marketing dollars. Yep. Spend it on other things. 
the influencer gets to diversify yep. our in investments or assets yep. into equity. And, uh, and then the business gets sales. Yep. I, I don't know. I mean, that's a pretty sweet gig. Mm -hmm. I don't hear that happening very often unless you're like an A-list celebrity. I think yeah. a lot of them get hit up for equity. But I think a lot of influencers, the concern is, how do I know I'm going to get something out of this deal? And I assume Eventually, that's yeah. part of what you're helping to structure. Mm -hmm. I hope. I, I mean, <clears throat> like I, we came in again as an investor and influencer. I prefer that to versus just a straight yeah. trade. How often are you doing that in the deals you do with influence.vc? Like, do you um, structure those? No, no. I mean, that would be the goal. Yeah. Um, we haven't done enough deals with this structure yet. Is there a reason why? Is it like you just haven't tried yet? Some are too or early. The companies are too yet. early. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this one that's pre-product. Right? Yeah. yeah. So pre-product. There is a deal that's that uh, that we did called Counter. I can't talk about that one. Okay. EatCounter.com. Shout out. Okay. They just got their product. It's a macro. Have you ever counted your macros? Sure. Like yes. the healthy... I do it every yeah. day right now. I'm down 20 pounds. Are you serious? I'm trying to look good like you. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing though. That's a big deal. So counting your macros, they, frozen foods, typically we think of frozen foods as horrible for you. Right, right. Processed. Horrible. Just not high good. nitrates. High nitrates, yep. So these guys created a macro-based frozen food company. Cool. Where these, anyway, healthy, high in protein, all this stuff. Are they like a competitor with, what is that brand? Like real good food or whatever? Have you seen that yeah, one? Possibly. Fa yeah. Factor? No, no, not factor. factor. Not Those fair. are like meals that get delivered. These ones, so these guys are already in Target. Cool. They're in Walmart. They're in Sam's Club. In their, you know, they're not across the country yet. Yeah, I gotta go try them. They're awesome. They're not in Utah yet, but you can uh, order. Okay. Okay. Maybe I can get you guys some samples. Anyway, they already brought in eleven influencers mm -hmm. that had large followings, specifically in the macro yep. space. Makes sense. And and they came in as investors and are promoting. Then some of them are recipe like chefs. Yeah. So they've provided the recipe to the company. So yeah. they know it's a tried and true recipe. Yeah. The audience already loves it. Now they put it in a form where it's shipped across the country in these frozen. Have you anyway, ever, so is there like a standardized document for this? I'm going to create it. I was going to say, you should create yeah. it I'm and then post it. it out there and put I'm a ton of like effort. By, yeah, just like a safe. Totally. Right? Yeah, I think it's genius. Yeah, so that that is part of the goal. I've been talking to to folks about that specific thing. I yeah. want to provide that for yeah. free and other educational info. I think a lot of influencers that are out there, they <clears throat> they haven't been an entrepreneur before becoming yep. an influencer. Yep. So the concept around like what a cap table is or raising capital and what investors do and how that works, I think is, is fairly new mm -hmm. um, to some, not all, but I'd love to help that educational side of it yeah. and just give that away. Um, to just help help in the in the world, and, and then hopefully that brings the whole ecosystem up as influencers get involved in more businesses and yeah. help them to scale. Uh, I'm curious, who are the influencers around you? Like not specific names per se, but mm -hmm. the types, demographics. the demographics, right? That are coming in alongside you in these deals. Yeah. Um, well, primarily, they're going to be women between the ages of 20 and 45. Okay. Because that's where the network of who my wife and I have worked with for the longest time. Got it. And so uh, we host an event every year. It's called the, the Page Summer Soiree. It's this costume-themed party. It's my wife's, like, love. She yep. absolutely loves Big this event. party. Yep. It's like a wedding every single time at that, you know, that level. Yep. You just had it, right? 
We just had in August, yeah. <clears throat> and it's a the idea is it's not a you know you have to have a certain number of followers to be invited. That's not it. It's just if you're producing good qual good content for the world, and there's some relationship mm -hmm. to my wife, then there's a potential to receive an invite. We, I my number one like uh, what is that test um, characteristics tests? Oh my gosh, it's blanking. Myers and Briggs. The other one. <laughs> anyway, um, is includer. Like mm. I just oh uh, Gallup poll. Gallup strengths finder. That's right, strengths yep. finder. Thank you. Yep. Is includer. So like, and and I know my wife has that same feeling. We want to be inclusive, not exclusive. This specific event, we have to limit it to certain because of location and food and all that stuff. But yeah, yeah. Um, so we've gotten to know a lot of these people, these influencers through that, um, and and then working with them and going to events. My wife is literally right now in Jamaica on an all expense paid trip because she's one of the top affiliates for a makeup company, Shine oh, nice. Cosmetics. Nice. And so you go to those types of events, you're hanging around all the other top affiliates and you create relationships. That's Look at you, you're a good mm -hmm. dad. <laughs> me and at home kids, with man. eight kids oh, right. <laughs> and Let she's on the beach That's she great. is on the beach she earned it though oh 100 percent. she earned every 100%. second of that vacay and stoked for her to be there so yeah I'm, I'm hanging back taking care of the kiddos we do have a nanny let me put that out there when we went from six kids to eight it was like time yeah so that's the only reason i could be here right that's now. fair <laughs> thank goodness for nannies <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, that's primarily, uh, they're going to be talking to other women. That's yep. mostly the focus. Yep. Um, yes, I do have maybe a subset, maybe 10% that are male okay. influencers. Maybe it's a little higher now just because of what I've been doing with influence. Yeah. Um, what kind of, what kind of influencers are they? Typically they're going to be doing more business entrepreneur yeah. type influencing. Cool. It's like you, Peter, you. Yeah. Like you, John, you're an influencer. <laughs> yeah, you got I'm it. just the intern. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. But anyway, that's, that gives you a little story. That's cool. I like it. How has your life changed since starting Influence.vc? Like, or like, how have your like perspectives changed? Well, I think on a day-to-day -day basis, um, as an angel investor, it's very just casual, and uh, and and you take it whenever you whenever it comes. You look at deals or talk to people. Making it more of a, a structured format, mm -hmm. and then I think the second that you put VC or investor on your LinkedIn profile, you get bombarded. Yep. Obviously, most of the people who come in through LinkedIn, just FYI, if you're gonna hit me on LinkedIn, try to go through a network relationship first because there's just too many messages, too many deals. I'm probably not gonna look at it. But if you can come in through somebody that I know that says, hey, you can you talk to this person or you should, then those go to the top of the list of what deals I'm gonna look, look at first. Yep. And like this week, I've written two angel checks just this week but I'm backing people that I, I know, love, and trust. Like people I've wanted to back. Yeah. And We're, I did Angel. I didn't do Influence okay. because they're, again, way too early. Angel.co? No, no, no. Just, uh, just him. As an angel. Okay. Sorry, as a personal angel. And um, and then my goal is that with these companies, I got in early enough to, so when they raise their next round, I can have Influence join the next round and bring in a much larger check if that makes sense. I like it. Um, but typically, you know, these quick decisions, like they were literally like one meeting mm -hmm. and I'm writing a check. When I have a relationship with that entrepreneur for X amount of time, that can happen. Sure. I had another call. Um, anyway, talk about like day to day. So I, my day is just packed full of pitch pitches okay. of companies, which is great. I love it. Um, 
But one of the companies that was pitching, pitching today, I just straight up said like, look, hey, you seem like a good person with a good business idea. You're very early on the traction. I would love to begin our relationship now. And if you can update me every you know three to four weeks or even four yep. to six weeks, I want to be able to see dots on the graph and, and over some time, that'll help me to understand you and who you are better and how you handle maybe conflict or, or struggles. Um, because I'm going to bet on the entrepreneur first right. versus the idea. Because the entrepreneur has to be able to solve all the problems that come with the business. And maybe the business changes and they pivot or... or Which it probably will. It will, guaranteed. It will. <laughs> right? So you, you got to bet on, on the entrepreneur. And so relationships are a big deal for me. Yeah. What, what else do you look for in a deal? Yeah, like what are the metrics? Or oh, metrics, characteristics, yeah. you know, characteristics what, whatever it is. Like, yeah. I think for me, characteristics are more of what I base my judgment off of because yeah. the, the specific numbers of every deal vary so drastically. Yeah. Um, because if you're if you're investing in a pre-revenue company, what they, metrics do you have? I don't got anything. Yeah. Right. And so that is purely, I bet on you as, a, as an entrepreneur. That's number one. So people first. Yep. Then I typically look at their market. Um, I want to be able to see their market size just to make sure that it's a venture backable deal. Because mm -hmm. some pitches will come in and I'll say, guys, that's a phenomenal lifestyle business. You should do it. But that, don't raise money. But don't raise money. You don't <laughs> yeah. need to. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, my yeah, first yeah. business, Launch Leads, was not a venture backable business. Yep. That was a great business. But it was a phenomenal lifestyle. And it and it and it taught me business sense and the ability of hiring and training and building processes and systems. And how to exit it. And, and that helped, um, how to exit it. But like, so when I, so yeah, so anyway, I look at their market just to make sure it's, it's viable. And even if they're starting with a smaller market, yeah, knowing that they can expand, that's important. Yeah. Um, and then their idea is last. Yeah. How important is it that, <laughs> it that you feel like you can bring value through your network or and through your investors? I think as an angel, um, it's less important for me. Sure. If I'm doing the deal as influence, it's way it, that's that's part of the quote unquote thesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is I I want influence to be doing deals to where we can provide that value. Yeah. As an angel, it's more like, hey, I'm I love you and I want to back you. Mm -hmm. And when you're further along, let me bring in more more capital. Yeah. Um. Yeah. How late will you go? Because it sounds like you do a bunch of angel deals. As I'm assuming like pre seed, pre product. Mm -hmm some seed maybe at, yeah. the, at the influence. Totally. Do you go above that? Yeah. So do you do like a growth, growth stage deal doing totally. like 50 million in revenue, consumer My, product kind of thing. Besides these two deals I just did this yeah. week, um, uh, I'm doing a deal right now. It, they're, they're doing 250 million plus in revenue. Yeah. Growth stage. Yep. Totally not. So for me, stage agnostic is fine. I'm not a fund, yep. so I don't necessarily have to stick to a thesis. Yeah. And I love the syndication idea. Not that there's nothing wrong with funds, but the the ability for investors, my investors, to just pick and choose which ones they want mm -hmm. to be involved in instead of them giving me the money and then I just allocate it wherever I think it should go. Do you find um, that, um, like how often do you bring them a deal and they're like, yeah, I'm in because I know Bubba versus like, oh, Bubba's up in the night on this one. I don't get it and I'm out or like, <laughs> yeah, this is really cool just on the merits of the deal. Does that I'd, make sense? Yeah, I'd probably say 25% of the cash that gets that I, I raise through uh -huh. the syndication is is purely just, if Bubba's in, I'm in. Yep, yep. And, and I appreciate that. That's flattering. 
Sure. Um, but I think most are looking at it and saying, okay, I'm going to put my two cents and my thinking through this. Yep. And it is helpful. It's a good signal yeah. that Bubba has done his work to look through it. But again, we won't lead a deal. Sure. So we want to follow along because I don't have the due diligence, you know, people. So I'm, I'm doing my own little piece. Yeah. Um, but I want to be able to follow along in somebody that, uh, more sophisticated in that process. Sure. So I think the 75% of it is, hey, here's the deal. Here's why I'm doing the deal. This is why I'm excited about it. Yep. But I want you, Mr. or Mrs. Investor, to make your own decision. Yep. And and I get no's all the time, yeah. which is great. Sure. Because they get they come in when they're stoked and and then they're excited about it. Like this counter company. Um one of the investors was in Texas for uh, the football game, the BYU football game. Yep. And he remembers that that's Texas is one of the states where Target had the product. And he was mm-hmm. like, hey, talk to his wife. Let's drive 15 minutes out of our way to go to the Target to <laughs> see if they had it. And they had one product. All the rest was sold out. They literally yeah. all of it. So they grabbed that one product. Everything else was sold out. And they probably was, felt pretty good about that. He like, was hey, stoked. look, everyone's bought it. <laughs> he sent me a video of it. Like, look, <laughs> this is awesome. And so I sent it to the founders and the founders are excited and everybody's pumped about it. Yep. You do more consumer plays, right? Versus SaaS or does it matter? It doesn't matter to me. I think. But what, historically of deals you've done so far, I'm guessing because you've done Gab, the ones you've talked about always have something physical I can hold. Or they have a consumer aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the ones that I've brought up in this discussion, right? But like, um, and Homie is is one that, mm-hmm. that we did early on, and we I say that was an angel pre sure. influence. Um, Flashlight Learning is a pure ed tech play. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it has nothing to do with consumer necessarily. I mean, I guess their end product helps students, mm-hmm. um, but but they're selling into schools. I I don't. Um, I don't pick and choose based on whether they're B2B or B2C. Right now, I think the consumer model with influencers is proven Mm -hmm. to be helpful. So that does make faster sense some of the times. I believe there's a huge market of LinkedIn influencers that has not, has not, it has not been exposed as a go-to market uh, plan yet. It's less frequent than consumer play. If does that make sense? I see. So you're saying like, if I had some LinkedIn influencers and you backed like an enterprise SaaS deal and then, and then they're the ones that are like pushing it on LinkedIn. So if you think about it, if you're going, let's say you're a fintech company and you're selling into banks, well, who is speaking at the conferences that you go to? Who wrote the book? Right. And if they're speaking, then they're an influencer. And if they're on stage and they say, I wrote this book and I'm cool and I did this and that. And they say, and I'm an investor in such and such company because look what they're doing. Yeah. That's probably going to have influence. I'm really curious your thoughts on this around. So you make an, you you know, the influencer makes an investment in this company. How there's this like conflict of interest piece of it, which is like, you know, yeah, you invested and now you're promoting it, but like, are you promoting it because you really believe in the product or because you just want to generate a good return? I'm, I'm just curious, like sure. how you think about navigating that whole issue. Well, it's happening every day with every influencer on sure. the planet. For sure. So uh, the, the bummer is that more often than not, the influencer, especially on a lower scale, like sub 100,000 follower type yeah. scale, anything that's sent to them, they're going to promote it. Right. Because they're trying to make ends meet. Yep. Um, 
what and I they're not I, always disclosing like i'm getting paid they should to do this product they should but they're not they always no right? they're not they're yeah. not and and that's so as an investor i need to be saying i'm an investor mm -hmm. in this product and so typically i'll when i'm posting you probably maybe have seen a couple where i'm like i love being an investor in yeah blah 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 and so it's disclosing i'm an investor <clears throat> I would hope that if somebody's willing to write a check as an investor, yeah, that they would want and believe in that company enough to do it. Yeah, when they're getting a free product, it's different. Yeah, and their their uh, incentives may not be as aligned. Or if it's a purely paid sponsorship, right, then their incentives may not be aligned at all. Right, and so, but this is happening every day, all day on every platform. And as consumers, we have to realize that these influencers, they're getting paid to talk about yeah. XYZ company. And they should disclose hashtag ad or partner. Or... I feel like most people do recognize that, though. I, I would I think be shocked so. if, like, your average person that sees, you know, a woman you know, be. talking about some you know, new lotion yeah. is not getting some sort of compensation. I, think I do think, like, not sponsored <clears throat> is what's happening more now. What? I'm not promoted by this, but I love the product. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they, they, they make the disclaimer. Yeah, and then you just assume. But I actually think it's a pretty strong statement to say, hey, I'm an investor Huge. in this company because I love it yeah. so much, right? And nobody's mm -hmm. paying me off. So, yeah, I think that makes sense. So that's sense. that's where I think, like, the influence, you know, influence.vc, bringing these influencers in, Yeah, that, that hopefully will prove to the audience, like, I'm a believer i love yeah. this at least the con I at least they love the concept of it if it's not there yet um and then what i think i was going to give another shout out to my wife i think why her audience is so loyal mm -hmm. is because she said no mm. to hundreds if not thousands of products yep. that wanted to sponsor or give and she's like ah well i don't know if i would use that right and because she said no and she only promoted the ones that she loved for the most part I think people felt it. They can yeah. feel the genuine authenticity. Yeah. And so when she does say, this sweater is my favorite sweater of all time, she sells 200 grand worth right. of that sweater because right. they believe what she just said. Yep. And the same thing happened with Gab uh, and a bunch of others. Anyway, that gives you some insight and some influencer stuff. Very cool. Curious, uh, shifting gears a little bit away from influencers, but sure. just venture in general. Yeah. You know, we've been having conversations with others, especially at the seed stage. Um, do you feel like deal flow? And I and I get that you're you're kind of new into this, doing mm -hmm. this. Um, but do you feel like deal flow is increasing, decreasing? Our valuations that you're seeing going up, going down. Um, just curious, kind of what you're seeing at the seed stage. So I guess so. I started angel investing in like 2015. Yep. Sorry, I meant with the fund. I know yeah. you've been angel investing for a long time. No, but so, you're yeah, right. Yeah. So angel investing 2015, but then the you know the influence is only a year. Yep. I absolutely think I'm seeing way more mm -hmm. now than I was before, and I think valuations are coming down. Yeah. I'm seeing more flat rounds, down rounds, bridge rounds, that kind of thing. Are you seeing more deal flow? Like, like I guess there's a distinction between there are a lot of companies trying to raise, but how many <laughs> deals are actually getting done? Ah, good, Does that make question. sense? Like, well, I think on a percentage basis, it's lower yeah. because there's more coming in. So the top of the funnel of yeah. deal flow is very large in my opinion. Yeah. I, it's just bombarded with deal flow. Yeah. Hence the caveat <clears throat> come in through somebody that knows me Yeah. and that will put your deck on the top of the pile Yeah. Um, or meet me. 
go to an event that I'm going to be at or, or something, shake my hand and then you know, we can set it. Anyway, um, the, the quality of the deals, I feel like they're better. Yeah. I think people understand for the most part that they need traction because right now if you don't have traction and you don't have any of the other plays, like I'm a repeat founder, I've already built and sold this and this and this. And it's an AI. <laughs> and it's, and I, I really think that if you're a first time founder or you haven't sold something before, you have to have traction. Yeah. I don't know how you're going to get funded because even some of those who do have, you know, some level of traction or do have an exit, they're even struggling sometimes. But yeah. like the two deals that I did this week alone, um, they were repeat founders. I've already seen them. I've already known the and personal relationship, known them for years. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I, I could probably say this, uh, but so Phi, Phi mm -hmm. helped with, with Kirk Wimet and, and Scott. I think like I've wanted to back Kirk for a long time. Sure. And no, I don't know him personally in, in an in-depth level. We've seen each other a bunch and we've talked a bunch over the years. Mm -hmm. But when they pitched the business, I love the business model. I do think influencers can really help that business. Oh, for sure. And I wanted to back him because I believe in him as a founder and I believe in him and his technical capabilities yep. and who he's going to recruit to the team. It and that company, by the way, is like AI plus data plus vitamins effectively, yeah. right? Exactly. Really interesting play. Yeah. And, and we'll see. And it could pivot sure. just like sure. <laughs> any sure. of these, right? What's interesting is the number of companies that I've been seeing lately that have that are doing something like that. Because yeah. maybe it's not, maybe sometimes it is vitamins, sometimes it's not, but like just how important our health and leveraging AI to improve our health, generally speaking, is is like this new trend I'm seeing more and more and more of. I think we're starting, I don't know, maybe it's just our age. Yeah. But like I'm starting to reckon, you're counting your macros. Like the, you wouldn't have done that 10 years ago. I don't, maybe, maybe you would have. I wouldn't have. I did. Oh, that's awesome. I was okay. single 10 years ago. So <laughs> dating, usually. you're on the market. Yeah, that's right. That's true. But I think the older I'm getting, I'm more conscious I am about my health anyway. So yeah. I, I do believe in, in what they're doing. The other deal, um, uh, so Seer, you guys have been seeing Seer pop up, Zach mm -hmm. Holmquist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't know you are in, in Seer. Just happened. Okay. Congrats. So thank you. But again, it's Zach, right? And then yeah. his, his co-founder, Sonny, the CEO, Sonny Washington have known each other for a decade. Yeah. And we used to go to the same gym <laughs> and we'd see each other like all the time. Yeah, Sonny's great. And, and you know, is there a business model like something influencers can help with? I don't know. Maybe. It's an maybe angel not. deal. Yeah. It's an angel check. Yeah. But I love them. Yeah. I think they're just good people. They've been there and done that before. Yep. And I know for for the young entrepreneurs listening, that's probably really hard to hear yeah. of like, oh, you have to be a repeat founder and have a successful exit in order to get funding. Well, how do you how do you begin that journey? I would raise my hand and say, do a non-venture backable startup first. Yeah. A service-based company where you can cash flow, get profitability, build a lifestyle and an expertise and sell it or cash flow that to fund your next idea. To me, I like that business model. Yeah. Um, at least for young, early stage entrepreneurs. Yeah. No, I think that's great advice for sure. <laughs> and oftentimes, like if you can't, if you really got to go the venture route, go find somebody who has done it before, mm -hmm. co-found it with them or go work for them. Yeah. Right. I think those are also like good ways. Cause like, um, I think there are a lot of great entrepreneurs that have started something after they've worked at a startup. And that also gives you confidence. Well, them. and that's Divi for families, right? Yeah, for sure. Right. The, literally 10 guys yep. left Divi and started this business. Yep. Not guys, 10 
men and women. Yep. Okay. And but and it was a no brainer. They had never started a company before, but right. they were coming from the business that they were going to emulate. And I was like, done. What do you want people to know about Influence & Co? Or sorry, Impl Influence VC. What's Influence & Co? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. No, okay. so Influence Ventures. But what do you... What do you... Influence.vc. That's the... Where do you want it to be in five years? <sighs> I really want to help as many people as I can gain access to deals that they wouldn't have otherwise done. So I... I think my network of investors, most of them don't have the deal flow that I have. Okay. Um, or else they wouldn't come into the deal. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of my network, primarily the, primarily they're entrepreneurs or they're successful executives at different companies. And they're just not, they're not seeing deals. I want to help educate them on what these types of deals look like, what the returns look like, what the risk factors are, and then help them understand how they can get involved if they want. So what does that look like in five years? Well, I've only done a handful of deals so far in this first year. Mm -hmm. I think I can double that next year. How many deals have you done in your life? Uh, I think I'm getting close to not 20 yet. What's the average check size? For, as an angel? Yeah. My the, average check size like t is like 10K. Yeah. Pretty small. 25 to 50K is usually what I'm writing. Well, they're pretty big checks though. Uh, it depends on who you're talking to. <laughs> I think for most, for, for most angels, that's a, a large check. Well, I, I just, I want to have enough skin in the game to where it's meaningful when something happens. Okay. Um, I wish I would have put a lot more into Gab, for example. Okay. Um, and, I think everyone does, right? Right. It, How's and, Gab doing, by the way? I was, we we're actually sitting outside Gab last night in the, like the kiln parking just lot. Just got a brand new office. Yeah. They moved a few, you know, a few blocks away, a couple yeah. of miles away. I think they're doing very well. They're helping so many people and I just love their mission. I love what Nate's doing. I love Nate. He's a great guy and I need to get to know him better. You don't know Nate that well? Not well. So let's get to know Nate. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think what, what I hope to see it can happen is one, I want to make a change in people's lives. Um, I want to educate the influencer world to be able to come mm -hmm. into deals. Um, I don't have a number. Okay. You know, how many of these people do I want? 10,000 people to be doing this. Do I want a million people to be doing this? I don't know. Okay. That's something I should put on my goal list of what to do. Um, I would, there is one caveat. I think there's an, another educational piece I've been talking to, um, um, I've been talking to Origin Ventures. Okay. Uh, They're a Utah-based VC fund, right? Not Utah-based. Oh, they have an office here? But they have an office here. Anyway. Um, Dan their... Caffey talks about them a lot. Yeah, they're a good, good firm. They've, they've got a big fund and they're doing amazing deals and, and are very active here in Utah. Um, and we were talking a lot about educating um, specifically women in investing. And I think with my network of, um, of more female influencers, not just from an influencer, but even just um, women in general, I would love, if I can, uh, to make an impact in that segment as well. Pelion's focusing on that too right now, right? I think they've got their founder fund specifically targeting female investors. To... That's, that helps. And so did RevRoad. Okay. I'm an LP here and in Pelion. You're everywhere. I, you gotta be. Okay. Let's talk more about like the fund formation side. Well, so I know you're not like a fund, but like how you're doing it. Because I think our audience is, is split in two ways. You have people who are looking to, you know, get funding, but also some of our most popular content is people wanting to someday like start a fund. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the way, the way that I did it was through SVB, SPVs, special purpose, special purpose vehicles. Okay. And, um, you have a, a master SPV, um, that essentially is the, the core legal structure around mm -hmm. everything. Um, and then you have individual SPVs for each individual deal. And, uh, 
the way I did it, I mean, there's documentation online. You can get templates and whatnot. I use a group called Savvy Legal. They're a local group okay. that helps to kind of formulate these things for you. I didn't realize they specialized in the SPV yeah. market. Yeah, that's their, that's their cup of tea. Okay. And um, so worked with them. And then uh, what that allows me to do is be able to, to raise capital from these individual investors. They do have to be accredited investors. Mm-hmm. Um, or qualified purchasers. Are you qualifying them or are you just making them self-disclose? They have to self-disclose. That's kind of how everybody does it. There's but you're not no, like, you're not like looping in their account and saying, hey, we need a... No, I don't know anybody who... I don't, in my network, I've never had someone do that to me. Okay. Um, basically, you have to... You're on the, the hook. Mm-hmm. If I self-disclose that I'm a credit investor and I'm not, I could get in big trouble. And so we would hope that these investors are mature enough to know that they should follow that, uh, the legalities there. Um, and I think you can look up online, like what a, an accredited investor needs to be. It's something around like you have to make 200 K per year individually or 300 K combined with your spouse or have a million in net worth outside of your primary home. Those are pretty low qualifications in today's mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. especially with inflation, especially with inflation. Um, so, so you have to be accredited. Qualified purchaser means you have to have five million in assets, not including your um, primary home. Um, and and then we have them self-disclose, and then they wire the funds into our account, and then we take our we take those funds as a combined unit into the company, and we wire it to the company. And then it's um, on the cap table of the company is just Influence VC. Okay, and so then you do all the the taxes and accounting and K one right. distribution. Yeah, that gets expensive over time. So you collect fees. Mm-hmm. What's your fee structure like? It depends on each deal, but yeah. you know the norm. The norm out there is a two and twenty. Uh, this is interesting. I, I think this is something that not a lot of people know. So let's share mm-hmm. this little caveat here. I'm an investor in quite a few funds, and their fee structure typically is a two percent admin fee mm-hmm. and a twenty percent carry. So let's let's do the quick snippet of what is a carry. Do you think this is appropriate for the podcast? We, I, I mean, we've talked about it from time to time. But okay. Well, let's just hit new, it for a quick snippet. Uh-huh. 30 second. Carry is when, uh, let's say, we invest a, um, a million dollars into a deal that's at $5 million valuation. And then they sell at $20 million. So their valuation went up. Mm-hmm. And do the math. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to do it in my mental mental math here. The profit of the proceeds, mm-hmm. um, essentially, after you're paid back your original investment. So like, let's say the, the the fund pulls in four million. Yeah. The excluding the initial investment of a million, mm-hmm. you get twenty percent of that. So in this case, it'd be probably about twenty percent of three million. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's exactly right. So twenty percent of the three million dollar profit goes to the fund. And then, you know, everything else is distributed among the investors. Mm-hmm. So that's one major reason where venture capitalists can make money. And if they're good, that's where they're going to make all of their most, almost all of their money there. Mm-hmm. But I think one thing that most people don't understand is that the 2% fee, admin fee, is an annualized fee mm-hmm. every year. Yeah. So what are you doing in that case? Because most funds, they have cash on hand and they're just slowly drawing it down. But in your case, you just get like a one-time payout. So we have to collect up front. Okay. And so... 2% for 10 years? Is 2% you're for 10 years is 20%, right? Okay. And so, but most investors, even those who have done a lot of deals, they're shocked to realize that 20% of their investment is being withheld mm-hmm. for administrative fees. It, it, it's it, Literally, it's shocking. So... um 
some of the deals that I'm, I've been doing, you know, I can go as low as maybe it's one and one in 20 or something like that. Or, mm -hmm. or depending on if there's a structure where uh, somebody else has a fee, then I'll reduce my fees so that people aren't being over feed. If it ends up being that two in 20 structure, then it feels like, okay, that's, that's where the norm is. That's what normally people expect. But at SPV, I like to be below that typically. And it does vary on the deal. It depends on how much is being raised as well. So if I were to write you a $100,000 check, you would take 20 grand right off the top as part of your that's part of the, influence VC. That's part of it. Now, depending, like the deal that I'm, I'm doing this last week is just a 1% mm -hmm. up front. So, so that would be 10. Right. And that is supposed to cover my costs over the next however many you know time. What do you think your cost per year per SPV is? That also varies a lot. But, okay. uh, you know, depending on how many people you have involved in that SPV, because if you have five people involved in the SPV, it'll cost less. Mm -hmm. If you have 100 people involved in the SPV, you got to pay for all of those K-1s mm -hmm. to be distributed. So there is a, a wide range of how much that could cost. Um, Are you taking board seats with your investments? Because no. partly with the management fee, you know, that can be calculated. If, if you're a smaller deal, a lot of times management fee can be higher if the audience doesn't aware, but then if you're also not taking a board seat, then that would adjust for it too. Yeah. No Why? board seats typically. Um, but also we haven't done enough to see Are you if looking that's to option. get into the board's position. Not today, Okay. but it would have to depend on the deal. Uh, again, all these are based on a deal by deal basis. If there was a company that I feel like I could really provide expertise in helping them mm -hmm. and they invited and said, look, we'd love to have you as a board member. Then I'd probably consider it for sure you know, my bandwidth will only allow so many of those board seats realistically. And, um, and if we're writing a much larger check, typically we're a half a million to a million dollar size check as a syndicate. But if we're writing a $5 million check into a deal because they're raising 20 and mm -hmm. somebody else is putting in 10 and we're putting in five, they'll be the lead. We'll put in five. Would we want a board seat? Yeah, most likely. Um, uh, and so deal by deal, deal by deal basis. But happy to participate. If that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> That's. I don't think people like realize the the dynamics. What are your costs in operating? Because you don't have any partners. Are you paying yourself with it, or using it for sourcing deals? Yeah, I mean, so I just went to an event. Uh, went to FounderCon. It's TechStars. Okay. Bigger group where they have all the alumni come together. Um, and so yes, that would be like to me, it's a marketing mm -hmm. expense. It's. Uh, when are you building a team? That will That's come. what I'm excited for. That's that like things that I'm watching. I'm like, what team is going to form around you? <laughs> I've been having some conversations and uh, I definitely don't want to do it alone. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I just like people too much. So uh, having some of those initial conversations, just being super patient about it. Right now, the lifestyle is also very helpful to be able mm -hmm. to just do a deal when I feel like the deal is right. And um, when you start building a team, you have a little bit more of a structure and it's you need the deal flow to continually be coming in in order to support this team because mm -hmm. you got to have the fees to pay for the team. So I think there's, I, I want to be very careful about that process. I don't want to ever be forced into doing, and, and I don't think you ever will be forced into doing a deal. There's so much deal flow, but mentally you have to realize, okay, well, there's, there's, there are salaries on the line that have to be covered. Mm -hmm. And so you want to make sure you're doing the deals. And I think that's where funds, um, if they don't allocate all of their cash within a certain amount of time, it, it may push them into a deal that maybe they wouldn't have done if they didn't have to. Mm -hmm. 
Whereas the current syndication process, it feels like I'm more flexible and I can just do a deal whenever it feels totally right to do. Does a it deal. feel like hurting cats? Oh, for sure. That's a huge pain point. So my, my prediction is in two to five years, you're going to have a fund. That could be true. Because then you could just do a deal when you want it. You could do your capital call. You're not having to go harass 10 people on a case-by-case -case basis. Because in that case, each one is like a separate LP. Who yeah. wants in? But some of these, oh, what is it? Someone was showing me, uh, what is it? Daniel was showing me one. I've been brain dead. But like there's companies that like will charge people for your deal flow access. Are you thought, thought about doing that? As people have pitched me on that idea as like a membership. And I haven't wanted to go that route. Daniel Falabella, off the CEO, he's he was at Duolingo. Oh, that's like right. He talked about he's I, I think he's part one of those groups and he pays his membership fees. He's like John, they make so much money. Yeah. Well, and it, and it should kick some of the angels' butts in gear of start writing checks. You're paying me a fee to see my deal flow. Mm -hmm. Stop sitting by the way the sidelines. Like actually write checks. So I can see that there's a benefit there, and I can also see that building a community mm -hmm. is beneficial. And so I could see that. Um, I haven't chosen to go that route just yet. I feel like I want to be able to somewhat prove myself as yes, as an angel, I've had some some fun wins. I've also lost and in deals that I thought would be awesome and they they failed, which is okay. That's that's part of the plan, right? I'd love to be able to show a little bit more traction for me and my track mm -hmm. record to be able to for for people to see if there was deal flow access that was a membership type thing. I could see that being a possibility. Could a fund be down the road? Yes, fund could be down the road. I'm leaving all of those options wide okay. open. Um, and and for me, I'm looking at this as, okay, I think I'm combining my superpowers. Mm -hmm. I hope that's what I'm doing is combining superpowers into what I'm doing today. I hope everybody kind of finds what their superpowers are and, and, and that's what you end up doing because you end up loving it way more. You're more passionate. Work doesn't feel like work. That kind of a thing. Um, it feels like I'm headed in that direction. Okay. And but for me, I always know that I need to get going on something first before I can like truly make a decision. So I've been now doing this for a while, and I love it. And I think you know the pieces of the pie that maybe I'm not as good at administrative something or other or spreadsheet something. Those pieces I can I can accommodate with rockstar team members. Okay. How soon will that be? Six months. <laughs> That's a good question. Between six and 12 months. Okay. What are your hardest, maybe this is my last question because I know you got to go. Yeah. What are your hardest lessons learned as an angel? Um, you're going to lose a lot of money. Okay. Uh, philanthropy, maybe is what the call is. You look at they it as it. being philanthropic or? I mean, the reality is it is very philanthropic. Okay. As an angel, as a VC, I think it's different, right? Because you got fee and carry and there's different pieces of it. As an angel, you're not going to win. I mean, you you need to do about 20 deals to ensure you make money. Mm -hmm. This is where all the books that people who talk about it, they say you should be doing at least 20 deals as an angel to make it viable. Um, my hit rate is a little bit higher than that, which is helpful, but you're going to lose. And, and you're going to lose with some of your best friends mm -hmm. that you want to invest in. And I re recognize from my venture back startup that didn't pan out, I was devastated just devastated. It rocked my world. And, and I felt like I was a complete failure. My reputation was gone that, and I remember my investors, Peterson Ventures in particular, they, you know, we were talking, they were like, Baba, we know it wasn't you. Like, it's not your fault. It happens. And Hey, we'll back your next venture. 
and and I remember when they said that it was like this new light of understanding and appreciation of they get it like they get and and it helped me overcome some of my fears of being a failure and and me not associating myself solely as an entrepreneur and as that business it really helped and I think if anybody's out there who's gone through some sort of a, a business that didn't pan out like you're going to learn more with the failure than you will a success period but know that that isn't just your that's not your story it doesn't end there that's just a new chapter and and you can create a new chapter and really the idea of failing fast that's the tech stars kind of mm -hmm. mentality that should how that's that's how all entrepreneurs in my opinion should be go hard and fast and if you're going to fail great move on to the next idea but don't get down like I did on myself. I think we all get down. I got down. I know. I when I when and if it, even if it's not your fault, I mean, like I mean, you're they know you're you're exploring and you're panning for gold. Yeah. And sometimes you think you have a nugget, and you said hey, I found two, three nuggets. So there should be a vein, and sometimes there's just not a vein there. Yeah. No, I think that's a good good way to look at it. So as an angel, some of the hardest things I've learned <clears throat> isn't like number one when two of the businesses have failed. The very first thing I say is like, I still love you. Like, we're still friends. I still love you. And I know it's not your fault. And and I hope because of that empathy that there's... And, and I feel like we've been able to grow even stronger as a relationship mm -hmm. because I've been there. I felt it. But you're it. also an includer. We just realized this. <laughs> yeah. It may not be as easy for you as for some. That's true. That's true. Well, Bubba, you're amazing. Oh, I know you've got to go take care of your kids. That's Thanks right. for joining us on this podcast. Woo. Go to influence.vc if you want to learn more about him. Connect we'll with me on LinkedIn. His, his LinkedIn profile yeah. in the bottom of the show notes. So we will see you on the next episode. If you have any more questions, ping us and we'll try to bring him on again another time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Love guys. It.